Hey, welcome back to another episode of Health with Hashimoto's. You, of course, are here so that you can discover true, simple, and sustainable tips for whole health, even while you are dealing with an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Now, your thyroid is it's a super important part of your body. It puts out hormones that like trigger every single cell in your body to work. It's like the key that turns on the mitochondria. And when you were in junior high, you probably learned that the mitochondria are the energy production parts of the cell. So if your cell doesn't have energy, then your cell isn't working. If you don't have healthy cells, you don't have healthy organs and tissues. If you don't have healthy organs, you don't have a healthy you. So we're dealing with so many things to try to get our bodies and our minds and our spirits working again to feel like ourselves again. That is what we want when we have Hashimoto's. We want to feel like ourselves again. We want to have the energy and the vitality that we used to have and just kind of slowly seeped away until all of a sudden we woke up one day and we're like, whoa, where am I? Where did I go? When did it happen? What caused this shift? And now you're on a journey to get back to you again. And I'm so excited to help you with that. So as you know, with Hashimoto's, there's three things that everybody with an autoimmune disease has. They are number one, a genetic component, number two, a gut component, and number three, a trigger or more than one triggers. And one of the most common triggers is stress. I've talked a lot about stress and April is, I think, Stress Awareness Month. So we'll cover it again in April. But today I'm not talking necessarily about the stress itself. We've talked about how to lower stress and how to manage stress on previous episodes. Today, I'm going to help you deal with some of the downstream effects of stress. Now, one of those effects is a trigger for autoimmune problems like Hashimoto's. This entire podcast, all the episodes, I think this is episode 34, every single episode so far is helping you discover better health with Hashimoto's. But there's another thing that happens when you are under stress, and that is the effects on your lymphatic system. I'm going to take you into your body. I want you to imagine with me, of course, if you're driving, um, make sure you're staying focused on the road. Safety is always first. But wherever you are, as long as you're not driving, um, close your eyes or just imagine with me while you're doing the laundry or dishes or cooking or whatever you do during podcasts. I'm always listening to a podcast or an audiobook while I'm in the kitchen and while I'm doing laundry. Pretty much whenever I can, I'm listening to something because I always like to be learning. But let me take you on a journey into your body. So you've got your blood, right? And your blood is pumped from your heart. And when it goes out from your heart, it's in an artery, right? That artery is really big. And then it starts to branch off and get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. As it branches, of course, less blood can get through until it's in the teeny tiny capillaries. Only one blood cell at a time can get through those capillaries. And once it gets through the capillaries, there's actually a cleaning process that happens. The blood is available 
to your cells. And imagine your cells like reaching out and taking what they need and depositing what they don't need. They're getting rid of the trash, the broken parts, the proteins, the bacteria that they've eaten and discarded. Uh, same thing with viruses. Your cells are always working. So of course, there's things that they need to get rid of, trash, and that there's things that they need. And they'll take that from the blood. So, you know, your nutrients, your micronutrients, the minerals that you're eating, the things that your cells need, they're going to take. Well, what happens with that trash? So another thing that the cells take is the oxygen, right? Every single cell needs oxygen to run. And then that blood cell without the oxygen goes back into your veins, right? You've learned this before. It goes from your arteries, smaller and smaller and smaller. And then in the capillary system, then the oxygen is used up or some of it. And then your blood returns to your heart by way of the veins, which start out teeny tiny in the capillary system and then grow bigger and bigger and bigger until it goes back to your heart, right? Well, what happens with that trash? Some of it stays in that extracellular space. It doesn't go back into your capillaries, into your venous system, but the trash has its own disposal system. And the trash disposal system of your body is your lymphatic system. We don't talk about the lymphatic system very much, but when you look at your veins and arteries, there's a bundle. It's usually a vein, an artery, and a nerve. And then there's also a lymphatic gland or tube. Now your heart pumps the blood. It pumps it through your arteries. And then as the arteries, you know, the blood goes through that, it's pushing it back up through the veins. Your blood has a pump. Your lymphatic system does not use your heart to pump the fluid through it. Instead, it's taking care of that trash and it's getting it back up to where it can get rid of it. But without a pump, your lymphatic system, it moves all the trash through via other means. And the most common way that we move our lymph is through muscle contraction. When your muscles contract, they put pressure on your lymphatic system and then the lymph is moved up via muscle contraction. So what does this have to do with stress? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked. First of all, you're, you probably already know some parts of your lymphatic system. Tonsils, you've heard of those. Spleen, adenoids, bone marrow, your appendix. You've probably heard of at least two of those, if not all of them. They are components of your lymphatic system. You've probably also heard of your lymph nodes when people are talking about they're getting sick. Like you'll talk about your lymph nodes are swollen, you know, around your throat um, when you have an ear infection or when you have a sore throat. When somebody goes under surgery for cancer removal, they'll look at the lymph nodes because of course the lymph nodes, that's where the trash is collected and cancer is trash. So your body is trying to get rid of cancer. So that's why it will be in a lymph node because it's collected there. You have over 600 lymph nodes in your body and each one acts as a central station to collect the lymph, remove the dead and damaged cells. It kills inside your lymph nodes. You can kill the disease causing organisms. So kind of like a trash station or even a recycle station. So what does this have to do with stress? When you are stressed, your lymph becomes stagnant, sticky, or even blocked. All of that is one of the main consequences of stress. And then a backed up lymphatic system. I mean, just picture one of the towns, one of the big cities in the world that have had their sanitation workers go on strike. 
Like it gets really disgusting in that city. I mean, trash just starts to pile up and smell and you do not want that happening in your body. Your body is so incredibly designed and everything has a purpose and there's a way to get rid of the trash. But if our lymphatic system is, you know, stagnant, sticky or blocked, then it backs up. That lymphatic system can back up and then that can cause more physical stress to the body and then that creates a cycle because more physical stress is going to cause more consequences of stress. But thankfully, you can help break this cycle. You can mobilize your lymph. Now, we've talked about diaphragmatic breathing several times because it's one of my favorite things to teach you. If you can breathe with your belly, you are decreasing stress. You're just flat out decreasing the stress of your body, the stress response. You're also, when you take a deep breath with your belly, you are also massaging your abdomen and everything in it, and it is a great way to move your lymph through your body. Remember I said that lymphatic movement or lymph movement is, it doesn't have a pump of its own. A lot of it is muscle contractions. When I said muscle contractions, I was picturing legs. What were you picturing? Because when I think of walking, you know, all of the muscles in your legs are contracting and they're shooting the lymph or gently pushing it up towards the heart. I don't really think about your abdomen. But when you are doing deep breathing from your belly, diaphragmatic breathing, you are moving, massaging your lymph to where it needs to go. So take a couple deep breaths right now. And I'm going to go into some other ways that you can move your lymph. Another one is a lymphatic massage. It was actually lymphatic massage that caused me to think about this episode. On Saturday morning, I was carrying two full laundry baskets downstairs and I wasn't counting the stairs. I missed the bottom step and I fell down. I hurt my ankle. And so then to help my body take care of the trash, in this case, the trash would commonly be referred to as a bruise. Now, of course, I do refer to it as a bruise, but while I'm looking at it, honestly, what's going through my head is there are a lot of just discarded blood cells in the wrong place, and my lymphatic system is trying to move those through, is trying to deal with the trash. Like, honestly, that's what I looked at my foot and think. So, I was doing lymphatic massage and I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't talked about this to you on the podcast. So I scheduled it right then and there from the bathtub while I was doing lymphatic massage. So what is lymphatic massage? It's super light and slow. When you are doing lymphatic massage, you're going to start farthest away from your heart. So at your toes or at your fingertips, and you're going to go super lightly. For the pressure, imagine massaging just the foam on the top of a cappuccino. Like that's as hard as you need to push. Not very hard at all. Now when I'm getting a massage, I really prefer like digging deep and getting all of my knots out, but that's not the type of massage we're talking about. We're talking about just moving your trash system through your body. So it's super light. And then for the speed, it's also not very fast. It's about this, um, the speed of the ocean. So the speed of a wave going across the beach or the seaweed slowly waving in the ocean, the lymphatic system is not a fast moving system. So the pressure is very light and the speed is rather slow. You start 
farthest away from your heart. So like I said, at your toes or your fingertips, and then you slowly move your way up. Long, smooth strokes. You can buy a dry skin brush on Amazon. They're like 10 bucks or less, I think. And those are designed to help you achieve the perfect amount of pressure and help you with that lymphatic massage. You can also do it on your face. And when people talk about gua sha, I don't know if you've heard of that, it's really lymphatic massage. So gua sha, you can use your knuckles and just, just Google it on Pinterest or Instagram or you know Google itself. And you can do it with your knuckles, it'll show you exactly how, or you can do it with a special stone. Usually it's a jade stone and it's specially shaped so that you can do it on your face. I'm not going to try to describe it here on the podcast. That's kind of a visual thing. Google it. I do have a free download if you want information about all of this stuff. I have a one-page front and back info sheet all about lymph, and gua sha is on there, so you can figure out how to spell it. Um, but I think Siri probably knows too. So for your face, just like the rest of your body, you're going to start from where it's small. So you're going to start at the midline and you're going to move out towards your ears and then you're going to move from your ears down your neck and then you're going to kind of massage around your collarbone because again you're trying to move the lymph towards towards your heart. So you can move your garbage disposal system, your lymph, with muscle contraction. So I talked about deep breathing but also with actually exercising. One really good way to do it is rebounding. Now a rebounder, <laughs> it sounds pretty fancy, it's just a mini trampoline. So if you get a mini trampoline and you jump up and down, it's very slow, well, I mean as slow as a trampoline is, but it's not like you're going crazy. When my kids jump on the mini trampoline, they're trying to jump as high as they can, they're trying to do flips and spins and kicks and all this crazy stuff. If you are doing just rebounding on the trampoline, it's just gentle up and down. Your feet don't even really have to leave the surface of the trampoline. By doing that up and down motion, you're contracting your muscles some and you're moving the lymph. It's amazing. Another benefit of rebounding is it helps your mitochondrial health. So if you have a trampoline, go ahead and hop on that every, you know, five minutes a day, every morning or before bed. All, but all exercise can be beneficial and some are better for your lymph system, like rebounding. Swimming is another really good one for your lymph because you have the pressure of the water. Remember when I was talking about the pressure of a lymphatic massage, it's like stroking the top, massaging the foam of a cup of a cappuccino. Well, when you're swimming, you have that type of pressure from the water surrounding you. So swimming is an excellent way to move your lymph. So that's three different ways maybe two, two and a half, because deep breathing, it is massaging your lymph by muscle movement, but I, I feel like deep breathing is a little bit different than exercise. So we talked about exercise, deep breathing, and lymphatic massage. There is one other thing you can do, and that's inversion poses. <laughs> now, I don't know how good at handstands you are, I am not good at handstands, but what I am really good at is a legs up the wall pose. I can do that. Lay down on the floor and plop your legs up against the wall. I have a picture on Instagram. I think I posted it 
a week or two ago, and it is a picture of me doing just that. I have a cat on my belly because she climbed up on my lap or on my belly while I was doing this legs up against the wall, and then I was stuck there because, you know, if you have a cat purring on you, you are totally stuck. My husband doesn't think so. He thinks we can get up even if we have a cat on you, but I am totally stuck if a cat climbs up on my lap and decides to sleep, especially if they're purring. It is so soothing. So whether you do an inversion pose of, you know, an entire handstand or whether you just put your legs up the wall, it is a very effective way to move your lymph. While you are doing that pose, do your best to relax every part of the body because again, we're doing this to minimize the effects of stress on us because we do not want that catch 22 circle, that cycle of stress in our body. Remember, when you're under stress, one of the consequences is that your lymph can get stagnant, sticky, or blocked. And then that causes more physical stress and that causes a cycle. So those are three different ways that you can break that cycle. If you want more tips and more information about this garbage disposal system, or if you're like, I was busy, so I didn't take any notes and I want to remember what you said, well, you can head over to the blog post that goes with this episode. I usually have a transcript within about 24 hours after this podcast is published. I'll have a transcript on the blog so you can get it that way, or you can head down to the show notes right now and you can get the free handout that I made all about this. It's called All About Lymph. And and the sign up is right down below. I should let you know one more thing though. No matter how many of these things that you do, how much massage you do, no matter how much um, deep breathing you do, no matter how much you do, if you are stress eating sugar, you are causing like molten lava in your lymphatic system. That is what it has been described as. Obviously not the heat, but the texture and the damage caused by stress eating sugar to our lymphatic system is not very good. So now you have one more reason to implement any strategies that you have figured out that help you stop stress eating. I'll see you back here next week for more Health with Hashimoto's. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional.